So what I, my other advice to people I would say is make it a habit and whether it's a weekly habit or a monthly habit, whatever they listen to something that is in absolute opposition to your normal view and you might just learn something. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Uh, Gavin here, and I've got Dave Allen on the show this week. And Dave and I have known each other from a number of years, uh, from when we were when I did some work with him when he headed up the UK and well the U- European leadership team for for NetApp. So, Dave, do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to explain a little bit about your career and also the work that you're now doing? Yeah. Hey, Gavin, anyway, firstly, it was great to hook up again recently and, and, and lovely to see you and hear things are going well. So, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. You know, sounds a bit cliche. But um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, a long time, I'm a, you know, in, in brief, 25 years of, of, of tech and IT, you know, engineer kind of boy, almost when I was born type, type scenario. Um, had the, the fortune opportunity to work in several really, really fabulous organizations. Um, and some of that might link into the conversation I think we're going to have. So Sun Microsystems was probably the first of the major IT giants at the time. And I had a fabulous time there in consulting, in marketing, in technical, you know, technical roles, systems engineering roles, in sales consulting roles, and in organizational development um, kind of consulting for the company right. itself rather than for customers at right. that point. Um, and I kind of, you know, I had a fabulous sort of seven or eight years in there. I then went to NetApp to help them win large deals. And I set up their, their kind of enterprise sales motion, enterprise sales uh, acquisition process. We went and won some big clients. And somehow in the midst of that, I ended up kind of developing their sales operations function as a front office. And then I became effectively like the commercial director of the business. And then come late 2008, in the midst of um, credit crisis and various bubbles, you know, the market wasn't going so well. The company shifted around. Leadership structures changed. I found myself uh, you know, in the process there of, of interim running running uh, NetApp's UK business and a few months later to find, no, to find myself, I guess, to have earned the right to be the uh, the managing director for the UK and Ireland business at that time. So that was a couple hundred million Fantastic. business at that point, um, at the heady age of, uh, I, remember, I remember it well because I felt quite good about it at the time at 34. Um, spent 10, spent, spent, uh, I spent 11 years in total at NetApp. I, I, finished, I finished the last several years there running their Northern European business, so the UK, the Nordics, the Benelux countries, the cold and frosty countries, I called it. Um, and, um, and then you know, leapt out of leapt out of that space, having done big Unix at Sun and big storage and, 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 and big data fabric type of stuff at NetApp, I leapt over into cybersecurity at Palo Alto Networks. And for them, I wow. kind of did the, what, what I didn't really realize at the time, despite the apparent success of the company, was a bit of a turnaround in what was really going on inside parts of it at the time in the okay. UK and Ireland and sub-Saharan African business. So um, yep. learn new language, learn new things. Cybersecurity is a very vibrant place for anyone that's out oh, there. Sure. Make sure you're safe. Don't just do not do silly stuff online. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. and throughout all of that time, I also had the luxury of developing coaching teams, leading leading people, clearly driving and building sales strategies and organizations and such. Um, I... I touch wood generally to say with a, a, a good track record of success um, learned through the hard times learned through the good times and uh, so when I stepped out now I stepped out of the corporate kind of day-to-day frame kind of just making the late latter part of last year really to focus on 
couple of things. I'm doing a couple of healthcare startup things myself, something I'm quite passionate about. And um, on the kind of consulting and coaching side, though, I'm just in the process of finishing writing and engaging in, um, in, in management and kind of team effectiveness and team leadership type consulting work with, um, with a number of companies. And, and shortly, one or two of the, the largest of the global tech firms will be in the, in the customer base. I'm quite looking forward to that. Fantastic. So when we uh, we met and grabbed some lunch um, a couple of months back, we started to have a very engaging conversation about thinking and specifically deep thinking and about started off at a level of do we even give ourselves enough time to stop and to think in running businesses? But then the convers- our conversation got into um, do we do we really give it enough time to have our own mind? Do we know the influences and the biases in our thinking? So we were, we thought we'd jump on a, 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 an episode and and, re, and have a conversation about how we can have higher caliber, deeper thinking. Yeah. So, so you know, I think where where I maybe start this is that you know what the, the purpose of thinking in so many cases for life is to make a decision in some way, shape, or form. Sure. Be those personal decisions, professional decisions, career decisions, advice we're giving, you know, uh, and such like, and. Um, you know, and I think, you know, all of us have made some great decisions and all For of us sure. have generally made some decisions that suck, right? <laughs> so that's the, that's the, that's the part of life. And I think right now we're in a, in a uh, I think when we started, we're in a, we're in a part of the world where we're being influenced further and faster than, than has ever happened before. And, you know, and, and, you know, one of the, 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 the elements of that is clearly that the social media channels these days, you know, if you look at what was happening, you know, just in kind of, was it 2017, early 18 now when Cambridge Analytica, this kind of nefarious kind of analytical company that's now been seen to have driven bias and had geopolitical impact around the world, um, you know, fundamentally through the comp- really through some quite clever thinking when you if you give them the credit, but you look at what they've done through social media influence, they've effectively gone and created up the minds of many people. Yes. And I just kind of got to this point where I said, do people even know that they're making their own mind. How do you, how do you know? I look to what's happened and having been in tech for a long time, I could argue maybe in some cases in some of the early days of driving service providers and things, maybe been part of creating the ability for the problem to be here, which is, you know, how fast, you know, how fast technology works, making it all available um, and speed of um, speed and, and variety of, of information. And, and I think what people don't, don't realize i think now we're in a space where you know it used to be 20 years ago we were listening to experts and then you know and then and then that devolved a little bit to people with you know famous people with opinions and now it's kind of merry on facebook right <laughs> and then that, and that's become kind of the the model and, and if you look at what goes on on on, on, on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok, if you've got a you know, kid under 10, probably, you know, yeah. or, um, and such like, we're actually being fed all of these different things in different ways. And I just don't think people consider how they're consuming them sure. or what the influence they have. Look at the UK and think, you know, we just had an election, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's pretty hard to miss, obviously. And, you've got, and I'm not going to get into the pro-Brexit, no-Brexit, all that kind of stuff. But just on the election, I wonder how many people really was steered by the emotional content of what was being consumed by them in the various media channels and things. Um, the biases that were being projected very clearly by all sorts of different people, pop stars and radio stars and news people and whatever else, versus the number of people that went and downloaded a copy of any of the party's manifestos, ideally at least two or three of the ones they were thinking of voting on, and just said, huh, I'm just going to actually go and do a bit of quality time and some quality thinking. And, and I, I wonder, I mean, I, I, it's kind of interesting, right? I, I, know, I, I have to confess somewhat sadly to actually downloading two of them. And, and I'm not sure I could say I went through them super diligently, but I did give them a good scan. 
in, and part of it was to question the bias of what I thought. So you must be like 0.001% of the population that even went that far. And, and I wouldn't say I did a quality job, Gavin, yeah. uh, but, I, but I just kind of one of those, you know, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting how even the, 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 that kind of thing is working right now. So people are, uh, 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 they're reading headlines and not even necessarily reading the article and assuming from the headline what the headline meant and forming an opinion, possibly getting quite emotionally entangled in it. Yes. And then going out and driving that. Yeah. And at some point, I kind of go, you know, how did you get there? And it, it links to one of the coaching questions I sometimes ask people when people say, oh, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I go, that's fabulous. When did you decide that? Love that. And they look at me with, and they look at me with a blank stare from it. What, what, what do you mean? I said, well, when did you decide that you were, I'm always a smoker. Really? When did you decide that? Yeah. And it's just in simple things. And, and so it got me thinking about thinking and about biases. And there's lots of psychology. I'm not a, I'm not a professional psychologist at all. but. Um, but, um, you know, it got me thinking around all of this stuff. And so, you know, uh, you know uh, thinking back from when we had our discussion, I was thinking, how would I put a little bit of more structure around it that might help us? And so, um, you know, so I've, I've had a little bit of go of that. <laughs> go on, take me through that then. Well, so if you, I don't know if you ever come across, he's a, a pretty, um, it is Nobel Prize winning um, kind of psychologist, a guy called Daniel Kahneman. Yeah, yes. So, um, so he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a great guy. And, he's, and, if, and if anyone you know, on here, my, my recommendation is read the book, Thinking Fast, Thinking yeah, Slow. Yeah, it's, one of, one of it's one of many uh, great things. It was a great book. And, I kinda, and I, I'm, I'm going to use a few of his things because he's, you know, he's very established in the field. Just one of the things I really liked, and, he, um, and this is the concept of um, fast thinking, so that intuitive, automatic kind of response. So, uh, and, that, and that's developed, you know, good old evolutionary stories develop, you know, it's like, I heard the loud noise roaring in the bushes, automatic thinking is get out of there, sure. right? <laughs> yeah. Don't spend too much time analyzing whether that was the mating cry of the male lion or anything <laughs> else. Just get yourself in a pair of good trainers and get yourself out yeah, of there, right? Yeah. So this kind of, this, but this concept of kind of fast thinking. So like I say, you know, it's, it's, it's automatic, it's quick, um, and it's intuitive, and it's often based on, on little data um, and potentially behaviors and patterns and other things, things you've learned. And then the concept of system two thinking, which is that deeper cognitive um, type thinking where you've really got to think about what it is, um, you know, that you, that you do. And, um, you know, I think when we were, when we were, we were talking, I sort of said as an example, um, you know, I say to you, so, um, you know, dolphins and, and, and or actually maybe given what's going on right now, actually, let's just say tigers and koalas are both endangered, right? I'm not making to make fun of a terrible situation, but you no. Know, so, so, you know, which one would you save? Why wouldn't it? Which one, which one would you invest in more to save? And that's my question to you. And you would tell me, I, I don't know how I'd make that decision, to be honest. So, and, 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 and the answer would be, a little bit primed, so, and the answer would be, you know, you give me something, and you, you probably would substitute. Yeah. Because you, you, what people tend to do would say, okay, well, okay, here's what I, you know, which one would I save? And the answer, the question that you start to ask is, which one do I prefer? Yeah. Okay, so, so you might say, in a depending way, tigers. Okay, I prefer tigers. Yeah. Um, and, and you kind of go, great. Okay, and there were lots of good reasons to, to, to do that. But really, it was, a, it was system one automatic thinking. It was, how can I find a simple, quick way to automatically come up with something, in, an intuitive answer? And it's kind of almost like the fast, reactive, but slightly lazy thinking versus system two, which would be potentially to follow on your, your response and say, I don't know how I would answer that. How would I go and find out all the right things to do? How would I evaluate what level of investment I might be willing to make to, in, to, to support an endangered species? What personal time would I do? How, why would I, how would I even check which one, et cetera, et cetera? Lots of effort. And so that concept of substitution happens everywhere. And it kind of makes me think back to the, the, uh, the consumption of, of the headline. 
And you can see this in, 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 in the media or you could look at it for business. Someone comes in and says, you know, the market's really good right now and so we should invest loads. And, um, and, and what do you do? And you look at three different reports, but you don't spend, and they all say, yeah, it's good, the stock's up, this is up, we should, no, we should invest. But you don't do the due diligence just to check that actually all three of those reports were based off the same singular piece of information that was just shared amongst each other. Right. Yeah. And now you're in an interesting place, right? Yeah. But people tend to go and get carried along with that. So um, I don't know if, if it's the kind of thing that you've seen with any of your with any of your clients. None of this is a criticism, by the way. These are just observations of our biases and behaviors. But this is it something you, you've come across? Or? Well, I, what I do come across is people's not challenging their thinking. So there's always assumptions in play hmm. in any organizational system. And those those assumptions are not being looked at fresh or even being challenged, and and it shows that we think we tried this before that'll never work around here. That's not that that that's just not going to get traction. Oh, you can't do that. And 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 for me, I'm listening out for that language and saying, well, how do you know? Who says? You know, good old NLP meta model questions, but to try and test the logic by which that they're, they're forming their reality, and therefore checking whether those assumptions are still valid in the business which, which is which is great right so you think about you think about that model and those are all kind of great questions you know to, to ask in a, in a in a business context right how do we know how do we get here you know, why do we believe that what data do we have to support it and i always liked um uh, i think it was, was it sergey brin one of the google guys i think it was him in the one of the models that google has which is you know what their their, their little internal mantra was in god we trust Everyone else must bring data. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and from a business context, I really like that because you know data uh, data in itself is is objective and factual. Now you can translate data in all sorts of nefarious ways and misrepresent data and misunderstand data in in the in the applying your 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 biases and your aversions to it. But the data, to some extent, as long as the data has come from a a, a decent measurement system, the data is the data. And then you get the the whole thing around, um, you know, framing, the concept of framing, which again, influences thinking. Revenues are up 12%. This has been the best revenue growth year in the world. Everything's obviously rosy until someone says, but how are earnings? <coughs> yeah, earnings are only up 3%. But actually, it's because we had a challenging market and, you know, with the, there was an unexpected expense and a, and a series of other things. Okay, you know. Or your revenue's up 30%. Well, that's, that's awesome. Every company wants up 30 40%. Um, but what's the lost share? Yeah. So you're being outperformed by others. I mean, it's not about always trying to find fault or critique, but just, again, about just taking almost like a mini 360-type perspective all the time on what it is, what are we doing, are we sure, and then move on. Because and, 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 obviously, you, you, know, you don't want to get stuck in the paralysis of, of analysis. But um, And do you have uh, a structure you know, I, I, to a process like that so people don't get stuck in the paralysis of analysis? Um, yeah, it's kind of it, it, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, so, I mean, I think you know, having both been an individual contributor um, and, and in a facilitated context, and then also as a leader, I think the way I try not to get stuck in the process is by is by always having clarity on the on the 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 outcome of the discussion or the outcome of the procedure or the process. And so, you know, let's say a strategy, for example, think to your you know things you work on. I, I know, for example, from our work when you sure. were facilitating with us on the strategy compass. Yeah. Um, so, um, so what are you trying to get to? The outcome of the context in mind. So I think that guides you to a, you know, we can spend a certain amount of time on here. You know, our data and our decision-making will not be perfect because no. we won't ever have perfect data. So let's not get to that point. But if we've done a, you know, a, a rational evaluation, my leadership model was always, I'd always want to make sure that the silent people in the room spoke up sure. because they're usually the ones with, with stronger insights than the noisy ones. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> quite often. And um, so to make sure they, 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 they set up, I would see, you know, where the group bias and the group opinion was, because I do believe that, you know, the, 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 the you know, 10 minds is better than one mind on, on, on a problem type thing. Then I would always, you know, be looking in, and just always ask the questions, you know, is, you know, is this, if we, we need to make a decision, if that was what we, what we came in to do. So if we're making a decision and we've said, this is a decision, do we all, does this, does this decision align with the strategy that we've declared? Um, and that for me, having that strategy was important or is important because without a strategy and, and therefore clarity of outcome, um, then everything that comes along looks like it's part of your plan. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and so distractions, well, no, we should go and invest in, in that partner model right now. Uh, why? Well, because it's good, because it's bubbling up. Yeah, great. But actually, we said right now that the next 36 months, this was the primary focus. Will doing that help us with this? Uh, well, no. And, you know, and sometimes you need to be able to be flexible and to pivot and move. But I think if you don't have a plan, then the first thing everyone does is, and, and you, I've seen this in many meetings um, and discussions, it's chase the football kind oh, of thing. Gosh, everyone yeah. starts centering around something. Um, and there's nothing good at the end. Well, an interesting, an interesting business business uh, process I've seen um, uh, a little of, and I hope to get a bit more exposure to actually is with AWS. Oh yes, so they have yeah. an interesting internal, an interesting internal model. Yeah, I don't know if you come across it, but so when they when they do meetings, it's it is the, the the culture and the mandate of the company that when you come to a meeting, the person calling and orchestrating the meeting needs to write a discussion document with the data, with the facts, with the summaries and the key decisions needs to be made prior to the meeting. Whoa. In, in theory, people are supposed to read it before they come to the meeting. True practice here says they don't, but let's just say they've got a meeting. They will spend the first 20 to 30 minutes in silence reading the document Wow! so that then the discussion becomes productive. And you've got to, and, and it's kind of interesting as you look to how, imagine that in an average corporate practice. Gosh. But if we simplify in one sense, what is it about? It's about having a really good structured agenda with the appropriate information to guide people through, um, you know, uh, the, the the thinking process. So then, that, for example, you can get you there. I'm still here. Yeah. Sorry, that was a, uh, so, so so that you can get straight straight through to the. Um, you get straight through to the, the the critical things you need to discuss, or the critical outcome of the critical decisions, and it's and it's a, a really interesting paradigm. Most corporates, and I think most teams, rule they're all so busy doing they're not really planning, and then you get into these discussions. And how many meetings do you know that people get into, and they say, "Well, we're here to discuss, and we're here to chat about," and it's like, "Really? Are you really here to discuss, or are you here to make a decision on something as the outcome of your discussion?" Yes. And, and so I link all this back to quality of thinking because that quality of thinking is, some of it is around clarity. Yep. Am I clear on what I want? And one of the biggest challenges, and, you know, and I, I cranky, you know, I've, I've, you know I, I, I rode the bike and wore the T-shirt of doing some of this not so well as, as, as well as I think got better at it <laughs> during, during my executive career time. But the amount of time you've got to spend thinking about clarity of goals and, and expectations and things, and I don't always mean KPIs. I mean, you know, revenue's got to go up, sales got to go up, you know, cost has got to go down, all that kind of stuff. Some of that's a bit obvious, but it's still important, massively important as the fundamentals to a business. But I mean just about the, you know, the, about the direction, about the strategy, about the things you've got to do, getting clear as to where you need to get to, why you need to get there so you can form those things. I think that mobilizes people, yeah. part one, because they can attach to it. And it also then gives you an evaluation model against which to critique your journey, your process. You know, this meeting should be helping us move towards something that's aligned to one of our objectives. I think the other thing about the AWS Amazon uh, Web Services model is that a, there's so rarely um, a, a good degree of preparation for any meeting. So if you've got to put the rigor in place beforehand, you're going to get less meetings. And those meetings that you go to with that level of rigor of preparation, 
you're going to make better, more informed, we could have a better debate, discussion, and better, more informed decisions come out of it. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of links back into me for this, you know, I'll link it back a little bit, just so it doesn't seem we're just talking, back to the system one, system two thinking. System one thinking is I kind of intuitively know what I want to do. That means I can assume and pretend you might know what I want to do too, Gavin. So let's get in a room. We'll have a, we'll have a chat and a discussion to go roughly in the right place because we're working for the same group and team. Yeah. System two thinking would say, I'm going to spend some hard cognitive time um, thinking and structuring out actually what's needed to allow you to be informed with the, the relevant data and facts so that you, me, and the five other people in our meeting kind of thing can come together. We can all read the facts. We don't need to discuss the facts because all that then happens, people start critiquing elements of, of writings. We can all, um, we can all uh, look at the facts. And then we get into that quality discussion. The leader model, of course, is always at some point of decisions to be made. If, if there's true consensus and consensus is the right approach, you go with it. If not, at some point, that's your job as a leader, yeah. right? You know, you got to make the choice, sometimes make the bet, make the decision, move on. Otherwise, you know, stasis and static will, will kill many a, a, a promising company. Hi, Gavin here. As the calendar is about to click over between the end of 2019 and the start not only of a new year 2020, but the start of a new decade, I want you to have not only a strong start to 2020, but I'd love 2020 to be a defining decade for you and your business. You, know, you need to have a clear strategy, a documented strategy in place. You need to have the right tools, the right business model, the right strategy and techniques in order to be able to scale and grow your business, but also the actionable metrics in place in order for that business performance to be measured and fine-tuned and improved over time. And if you need help in any of those areas, then you need to get in touch because I can help. I'm actually pulling together a small group of uh, business owners on a three-month sort of kickstart for 2020 to help you get those things in place for your business and help you start what I hope will become a defining decade for you and your business with the really best of ways. So get in touch, drop me a line at gavin at gavinpreston.com. That's gavin at gavinpreston.com. Or connect with me on LinkedIn. That's Gavin Preston. And we'll continue the conversation over the phone or over Zoom and see how I can help you make 2020 and the start of 2020 to be the start of a defining decade for you and your business. But back to your point about biases and how much research we're doing independently, let's go back to that model of the person yeah. convening the meeting, holding the meeting, does the, 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 the preparation document, the briefing document, that's going to contain their own bias in it. And if others aren't, so, so the, the, it, for that system and that process to work most effectively, each party in that decision-making process needs to have done their own research and data and collation and analysis. Um, I mean, and for the for the Amazon piece, to a degree, I think what they try and do is they try and team it up, and the purpose of the discussion will be to to bring challenge towards decision. Uh, that, okay. that seems to be the that seems to be the, the the modus operandi. But I think your 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 observation though is is correct, which is you know, we all bring our our filters and biases to the table, and so you know, and, and I think so. Then coming back to that kind of whole quality of, of thinking and consideration, then it comes down to so how well aware am I of my biases because of how I'm being influenced, which also then gives me insight to understand what else might be going on in the room and around the room at those points in time. Why is someone coming from such a, a different angle? Why can't I understand the angle that they're attacking this problem from? Type thing, and uh, and it kind of links into a few other things that uh, that again I know you know I credit Kahneman and others for for, for studying for studying well. Um, so I think thinking back to kind of quality thinking, then I have, I often think about how do I know am I in the <clears throat> let's say the right state mm -hmm. to make a quality decision? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. 
And what I mean by that is the, the kind of the right emotional frame state. You know, if you've just, if you've just, you know, run up the stairs, twisted your ankle and spilt your coffee down your shirt and you walk straight into the meeting, you're probably not immediately in the best state to make a quality decision. For sure. Right. Yeah. If you've just you know, driven through London with road rage, <laughs> you know, you're probably, you're probably not, you know, you, you kind of get, get the idea. It's this whole concept of, um, of priming and, and, and how are you being primed? You know, you went to Starbucks on the way to the office, the coffee was cold. By the time you get to the office, to be honest, you're just a bit pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone comes in with a perfectly rational thing and you kind of give them the, that's a no. Um, we don't, I don't want to, we don't want to engage in, I don't want to consider that part for our strategy right now or, or our decision or that for the offer, whatever it might be. And you kind of go, well, what drove that? And, and when you wind it back, it's amazing how simple some of these small things are that, that prime us and see us. And then I link it back to what's influencing you and your thinking and the media and the, the, the social platforms and all these things, all the stuff that's thrown at you, mm-hmm. right? All the stuff that's thrown at you and, you know, you're primed by seeing awful images of things. And then it's a case of, would you like to support this? You know, oh, you're primed by, um, you know, look. I mean, in what you can use it constructively as well as, you know, so it's not all about necessarily these things are wrong. They're just biases. Smoking used it, right? How many years did it say on smoking, on cigarette packets, smoking kills, don't do it. Yeah, sure. Smoking kills, don't do it. Wow, that had some effect. And then what did they start to do? They put images on there of your lungs yeah. and images on there of, 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 you know, of, of really sick people. That had a much more dramatic effect. Sure. And effectively, they were, they were, arguably, they were influencing and priming you, anchoring you to something just before you were opened up the cigarette packet. Of course. Right? Um, so there's a, you know, there's a different thing. So, so again, I come back to the, that quality of thinking, which is, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, into a business meeting to make a decision. I'm properly in that decision. I don't have to be happy or sad or whatever. I just have to be, to some extent, mindfully in control and present. Because it's an important decision, an important discussion we're going to have, you know. So, am I, am I, am I, am I doing those things, or have I, have I been influenced by other factors? Um, you know, it's that kind of kind of classic uh, classic side. It's, it's, so it's, I see it's that having that awareness though in the moment, because if you are being triggered and and you, you, for, yeah. for whatever reason you're not in um, most calm or rational um, state of mind, it's being able to catch yourself in the moment, be present and aware. Okay, what do I need to do to put my head back in that thinking, analytical, you know, appropriate state, um, and also to be aware of your own biases and those that are in the room. Yeah, and 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 I think you know something that I've, I've you know uh, found it works for that sometimes. Sometimes in a, depending on the on the nature of your team, if you've got a really a really um, tightly integrated team with high trust, with high trust in the team, I think you can you can table it. In a way, one of the things I've used to to to, to run team meetings in the past is um, an Edward de Bono model. Yeah, Edward de Bono's yeah. six hats. Yeah, yeah. Come across, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. For, you know, and so um, it's quite nice because what it does is it, it groups people around aligned directions of thinking. And for anyone that's listening that's not familiar with it, the context is you have like a, a hat that's about data. And so like I said, the, which is the white hat. So whilst the white hat's on the table, the only thing you can do is talk about the data. And then later on, there'll be the, the yellow hat, the optimism hat. What could, what's going to go really well if we're really good at this? Then you might have the, the red hat, the emotional hat, which is just a, how do you feel? I'm not engaged. I don't like this. I don't like the company right now, whatever those things are. No judgment, just putting it on the table. And then you always can get the person that comes along and is always trying to tear it down. And you say, that's great. We'll come to black hat thinking, well, there's going to be plenty of time for some black hat and we're all going to do it. But for now, we're on the yellow hat. So can I just shift you to the yellow hat piece? And I found doing that, and the hats are just a metaphor to align people to an object that, that kind of says, okay, we're in kind of 
yellow hat mode right now. Then we're going to go to red hat mode, whatever it is. Uh, I found that to be quite effective. And sometimes I've played around with it literally with, with, with hats. One time I actually, I think I got some, uh, I got some cup covers coming from a coffee shop. I forget which one it was. It might've even been Starbucks at the time. And I colored them in with a pen. They didn't have any hats. I took it right. into a meeting. I said, guys, we've been fussing around all over the place because we're not aligned. So I'm not getting quality of thinking out of the team because everyone sat there in their own soup of bias, in their own soup of place and their own thinking. And they're saying, oh, when I'm ready, I'll put my thinking on the table. Yeah. But actually what I need you to do is to bring your skills, your capability and your cognitive brilliance to the table to help us go towards a direction. Absolutely. And we'll use all elements of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, um, and so when you're kind of talking about a tooling, I've, I've kind of done that. Now you can do it in a different way without having to use hats as metaphors and other things. But sometimes it brings a bit of fun to the table too, just as a, you know, as a, as a, as a tool or a technique. But I've, I found that that's also a good way to, you know, to address the, I'll say to, to address the naysayers and say there will be a time and a space for criticism or critique. Uh, and this isn't, this isn't that time. So, so what advice would you give to um, business leaders, business owners of businesses, large or small, who can be in that world where they're rushing from meeting to meeting? Um, what advice would you give them to help? Uh, what could they do to improve the quality of their thinking? Um, uh, it's a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to shamelessly um, borrow from Warren Buffett here, which is basically schedule time to think. Yeah. And it sounds simplistically super simple, but schedule time to think. And, and you know, thinking could be, could could appear to be not sat at the screen, twitching the mouse, pretending, you know, to be busy cause, and, and listening to all the notification noises coming in. It could be all notifications are off mm. and it, it could be almost staring out the window. But quality time to think. If I'm a, if I'm a business owner, where am I taking my business? How's it going to feel when I get there? How do I want people to come along with me? What is working? What isn't really working right now in my business? Who is working and who isn't working really well in my business right now? What tools, techniques, resources, support, or otherwise are in my call on? Do I have? Could I call on in order to do? You know, in order to to move some of those things? What's the quality? What's the disruptor that I'm most worried about right now to the business? Um, you know, and who, who's who's modelling right now something that I think. That person in that company right now is really modeling something that's, that's great. Often when I talk to people, I say, who, who are your role models and, you know, the people you aspire to be? You know, because, you know, when people are doing good things, you know, one great thing about success is, you know, you don't have to be proud. You know, when people are doing things well, find out what they're doing. Do some of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, so, so when you ask about that, that kind of that advice question, I think it's scheduled time to think. And for me personally, when I was uh, back in back in roles, not in the big thing, like 800 people, my, the, the NetApp is running nearly a billion dollar business. Um, it, it consumes your time and it'll consume your mornings, your nights, your evenings, your weekends, everything you let it. And I, what I realized was I was becoming wildly busy, but in that kind of, again, classic model, wildly busy, but I think less and less impactful. Right. And, 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 and I kind of got to some point, I go, I've got to step out of some of the noise. And, I, and so actually the, the thing that I'd almost relinquished control of in a way was my diary. I was going to, to the meetings where people said they needed me to be at or wanted me to be at. And I realized I wasn't going to the meetings where I needed to be at because it was going to directionally impact what we needed to do and how we did it. Right. Yep. And that was a, that was a big shift. Um, and, um, so you took so, back control yeah, of your so, own diary. I, I, as, as simple as it sounds. I mean, I, I, had, I, had, I, had, I had the beauty at that time of someone assisting with it, but I said, wow, we need to run this differently because actually all of my time is being consumed 
And in many cases, I'm, I'm, you know, in some cases, I'm going into meetings where they're like the ones we discussed. They're the unstructured, they're kind of, we need to chat. We just like your opinion on something. Well, do you really want my opinion? Do you want me to make a decision for you? Yeah. Am I not empowered you to make the decision or you're not capable of it? What, what's, what's the discussion we should be having? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah, I took control and I, and I genuinely started to schedule and I, I still have time. I also moved all of my, as a business leader, my other, you know, uh, something that certainly worked for, for me was the one-to-ones type model where you're spending that extra bit of time with your teams or with your key leaders or with key people. Because I think people really appreciate that time. You know, linking back to the quality of thinking for a second, if you're going to really have a one-to-one with someone, you actually need to allocate yourself some quality time to think about that person so you can give quality feedback. Yes. I've seen far too much poor quality feedback given. Oh, yeah, you're, down, you're kind of doing great. Yeah. I like what you're doing. Um, and don't worry, you know, a little bit of you know, you're doing great is good, but people would need some critique. We all, we, all, we all work to it. And I'll deliberately draw the line difference between criticism and critique. I don't mean people need criticism. I mean, people need critique. Sure. So they can work because we're all, we're all trying to do that. We're all trying to work on those, on those things to improve. And the other thing I did was I moved all my, I moved, you know, and pretty much I moved all of my, I'd say genuine, my direct team one-to-ones where really we'd be spending a few hours normally in office. And I would say things like, meet me at Richmond Park. Love that. And, and we'd go for a walk. Yeah. Three hours in the outdoors. Great for everybody. Nice to get some air. Sometimes a bit wet. You know, it is the UK. Um, yeah. Although actually, I did it, and I did it, you know, I did it, and also in Sweden and other places, a bit chilly in some cases. Um, but um, but 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 it changed the context. It freed up the conversation. It was it was better time. And again, in that in that freedom, we were able to have just a better quality discussion. So it all linked back to creative carving and creating time. I think so that's probably the. And the, so where for, I'd that get for yourself, you had been bl- blocking some time out to 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 think. Would you have prepared a, a, a subject or a question to think on? Um, and uh, yeah, uh, sometimes, and, and, and in FMS, sometimes not all the time, sometimes almost part of would be thinking, I, I know, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in quality questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cause I think they guide quality thinking. So, and sometimes what I'd be you know, knowing, knowing that I'd be, you know, running along at a thousand miles an hour on the, on the treadmill, so to speak, sometimes in that scheduled time, I might just say, what should I be thinking about right now? As my, as my prime initial question, what high quality things could I be thinking about right now? And then come back to the, what are the two or three disruptors? Sometimes I would sit down with a, with a problem to solve. It's like, I know we need to develop a relationship with, with, with this strategic, you know, this strategic integrator, for example. Let me think about how I think we can start to go about that and who the team is I might need to assemble to do it and those kind of things. Maybe I'd do that. In other times, I'd just be saying, you know, you know well, almost, you know, what should I, what's a good quality question to be, to be thinking about right now? And always use that to guide myself to think about certain things. So, so it doesn't have to be as difficult. Sometimes people make it out to be, I'm not structured enough. I don't know what to do, but as you start to create the time, um, you know, I think, I think, I think it becomes a little bit, a little bit um, sort of self-contagious in its own way, but you get better things out of it and you get better time. Maybe I would think about, Oh no, actually I've got a meeting with X tomorrow. How, How can I give that person quality feedback? Great. How can I give that person, Something that's useful for for them, useful for the business, and useful. So this for was a daily team. practice for you. Then you you carved out time to think on a daily basis. Wasn't once um, a quarter, or yeah. even once a once a week. No, it certainly wasn't. Well, it certainly wasn't once a quarter. You know, it, 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 when you go through the the realities, especially in in medium to large business and corporate life and things. You know, I, I think I would be. You know, I, I I would be misleading to say it was every day, nine till ten sure. type thing. Um, but um, you know, but I, but I certainly did it on a on a regular basis. Definitely more than weekly. Um, not necessarily always in the middle of the business working day. I take different times. I'm a you know, a, a, you, you know, you've known me for a number of years, right? You know that exercise 
horrible piece of my life, if you like, in the training time. I like to train in the mornings. I'm one of those horrible people. I do get up at six and go to the gym and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it, cause it clears me up. Yeah. It clears my mind. It yeah. clears my, clears my, my physical being and everything else. It makes me, I, I think it makes me a better person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Um, but, but I also out of net time, if you ever come across that net time, no extra time. Yeah. yeah. So the concept of net time. So whilst I'm on the, you know, whilst I'm kind of in a sense, automatically concentrating on the physical things I know how to do, but I'm doing them and I'm, you know, pushing hard maybe on certain things. I can actually spend some quality time thinking about something different. So in that sense, you could argue it was a daily practice. And sometimes I'd, I'd know there's things I need to learn. So I can, I can do audibles whilst I'm on the bike. I can do other things because I can do all those little things to invest in other things that might help me move myself or move someone else forward. Um, but I think when it came down to really kind of structured problem solving time, yeah, it was, it, it was regular. That's what I would say. And it certainly wasn't once a quarter and not just in front of a QBR or anything else. That is not the time to well, do One of the things I've started to do um, more recently is because every bit of net time uh, I would have, whether it be in the gym, driving, uh, commuting, whatever, walking between meetings, the earphones would be in and I'd be listening to an Audible or I'd be listening to a podcast. I'm actually now taking more of those times to actually think mm. So, so right. time in the gym, I'm thinking, and when I'm driving along, I'm thinking about something rather than walking in between meetings. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not just cramming my head with input all the time. Instead of you know, making sure I'm getting some time to think and process that. And that's, I mean, that's a great example of doing, of doing this. That's been some quality time thinking, right? And actually, just you, you've reminded me of something else that, that, that just in terms of, in terms of this, because we all are, you know, we all are consuming a lot of stuff. And the other thing that I, that I found, and it links to what I see back to the media platforms and other bits and pieces, but is, um, you know, what are you consuming? And I think most people have gravitated in, in the world of choice. So, you know, when Netflix and all these things came along, for example, and Spotify said, you know, we can give you 27 million albums to listen to, whatever it is, or songs, I'm sure it was albums or albums, it probably is albums, um, to listen to. And then you realize that on your playlist, you've got 62 of them and you listen to the same seven of them all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it starts, and all these algorithms make suggestions to you. Oh, Gavin, you, know, you happen to like the Rolling Stones. Now here's a little bit of something else. Here's Mick Jagger's solo album you might like kind of thing. Right. Um, and, um, and, and so you get fed all these things that feed that thing that you've already shown a tendency or a bias to. And so that happens on the news. It happens on the social platforms and everything as well. They start feeding you changes. what it is you've shown interest in. Yeah. Well, it's, it's algorithmic. Yeah. You know, you even sign up every time you click accept randomly because you don't actually read anything about the cookies you accept. What they're saying is, can we keep showing you other stuff that you've already shown us that really you like that our algorithm tells us you like mm. so that we can field you, we, so we can fill you up with more stuff that was going to continuously and increasingly polarize you mm -hmm. to the things that you've indicated early. So what I, my other advice to people, I would say is, you know, make it a habit and whether it's a weekly habit or a monthly habit, but listen to something that is in absolute opposition to your normal view and you might just learn something. That's a great piece of advice. Right? A great right? piece of advice. Um, and, um, you know, and, and it's just one of those, just to challenge back. We talked about bias, right? Just yeah. to challenge your own bias and not become so sunk in your own bias. You become blind. Love that. Um, you know, so, uh, that would be my other, my other, my other piece of advice to, you know, so if, people, to, to if people want to find out more about, about you, Dave, what you do, um, the programs that you're putting together, how will they do that? Ah, great, a great question. They could go to uh, my website when I actually finish writing it, Gavin, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is um, fftc.co.uk. Right now, there's just a holding page there. Um, simplest thing, I'm, 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 I'm trying to do more stuff on, yeah, genuinely on, on, on LinkedIn and, and on Twitter. I'm at just underscore Dave A on Twitter. 
um, and we'll link into other things, other things there. Um, you know, and uh, people can you know, message me, DM me on, on, on those channels and things. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to make more noise and tension to put in some, put out some kind of probably some better structured for me, but uh, some, uh, um, you know, video lets on some of these kind of tools and frames, start working with teams and businesses in a different way. So, so those would be the, the, the critical ways. FFTC.co.uk, it will be live. I'm about to put myself on the spot here, right? Let's say by the end of January. Fantastic. There you go. <laughs> Giving yourself a, de- a public uh, declaration, yeah, a deadline. And, uh, and, and deadline. LinkedIn, uh, who are you? How will people find uh, you on LinkedIn? Link, LinkedIn, I'm just, LinkedIn, I'm just under, I'm under Dave Allen, actually. Okay. Um, you know, but um, yeah, so LinkedIn, just under Dave Allen. And um, Alex on Twitter, I'm just underscore Dave A. And then um, books on this on subject around thinking. So you mentioned um, thinking fast and thinking slow. Yeah, Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, is a really is a really good read. Um, it's just like, it's related but different. Is it by uh, is a book called The Paradox of Choice? Okay, by a gentleman called Barry Schwartz. Um, so it kind of it talks a bit about you know the classic thing. Someone would like something to drink. I said, what would you like to drink? Uh, and then I just said, you know, okay, tea or coffee? Oh, tea. You know, the concept of choice and how more choice doesn't necessarily make people happy. Some interesting paradigms in there for people selling products that they think is great if they have a billion features, but they make it so complex, buyers don't buy. Yeah, confused And it's kind of an interesting kind of paradigm in yeah. there. So it's a, it's a really interesting book. Um, and what others at the moment? Uh, another one that I, I like, it's a bit simpler, and I'll keep it to three, is um, by Brian Tracy. He's, a, he's quite a well-known kind of coach and otherwise. And I like his model. It's called Eat That Frog. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for anyone that's curious, all I'll say to you is that, uh, you know, you know, eating a frog might be the worst thing you'll do on any day of the week. <laughs> Go read the book. Go read the book. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thoroughly enjoyed it as ever collecting. And uh, I'm sure there's absolutely, there's food, no, no pun intended, actually, you know, food for thought in there. And I hope everybody takes away from this conversation uh, the importance of scheduling some quality time and uh, preparing well for the meetings that you go into so thanks kevin appreciate the the time nice to talk as always and uh keep going keep doing strong it's great stuff see you soon cheers bye bye for now take care thanks thanks dave you've been listening to the business mastermind podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms enjoy more success and create more impact